yeah, it is. So I've just all I want to do is turn the blooming sound down. So right. Um oh well, what the hell? I'll just leave that. I'll just leave it. I'll leave it there. <coughs> what the hell? Okay. I've no idea. I've no idea. I get all these like bing, bing, bing. What is what is going on? Get a year of net get, get a year of Netflix. I've already got Netflix, you doomed. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix Mr. Cinema, the podcast that exists as an excuse to watch movies. Good movies, bad movies, we don't care, we will watch them. And also tries to use as an excuse to sort of ask the question whether cinema is fighting a losing battle. Are we all going to give up watching cinema? Are they all going to have to go out of business? Are we all going to be left in our front rooms, in our underwear, watching films? Is that the future? (laughs) (laughs) Now, my name is Tosin and I am your host. I'm based up in Coventry in the Midlands. And joining me, you've already heard him once tonight, uh, on the Isle of Wight is Sean. Hi, everybody. How's it going, Sean? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, really. I've had, um, yeah, it's been quite a quite an interesting week. It's a shame the weather's turned out how it has, but I've I've, I've managed to catch quite a quite a bit of the cinema, which is which I'm pleased because I needed to go back. So because I was, it was get mind you, it, well, there were slim pickings, weren't there? Really, I mean, yeah, there were. I mean, because there weren't that many things out of the uh, the cinema. I mean, I know that at the moment we're not going to be doing much this week. We're going to be looking at most of next week, and we're still thinking that even though we don't watch anything between now and next week, there won't be that much out by then. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. Exactly right. Yeah. So, so I think so. Yeah. So I've seen a few films at the cinema. There's a couple that probably uh, you know we can just do as also rands because I think we have a little section of also rands, don't we? Which are just mention men- mentionable things. So. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, for those who are new to the show. We have a section of what we call also rants because we have a couple of rules here, which is that usually if we're going to watch something on Netflix cinema, it has to be something that you haven't seen before. It has to be something that um, is a Netflix original, or we're trying to get as many Netflix original on as as possible. And the third thing is that if you're watching a TV series, you must have seen the whole series, and that's what we usually do. Where that's and things that don't fit those are put into also rants. But Sean, I know that for you, this is something that you were worried about because you were actually you were seriously seriously worried that you were becoming a bit of a couch potato and you were leaving cinema alone. So you're quite happy to actually get back into the cinema, isn't that? Because you're thinking that you might be playing some part in Netflix winning this war, isn't that right? I was. I actually was. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So yeah, yeah. So I'm cl- I'm pleased. I'm pleased with myself. I'm pleased with myself. You know. So the first so. thing that's going to come up on our also ran section is a film that on the also right pal. I feel like it's a film that we've already. We probably actually consigned this film to the also ran pile before any of us actually watched it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago and none of us were that enthusiastic about it. I think I actually remember saying and I think I said the words that um, I really, really hope that there's something else out in the week that this film's out because I really, really did not want to be the one to watch it. I didn't want to have to watch it by default because there was nothing else out there. Well, it'd be interesting for people to guess, but let's just say, I mean, we thought Sharon would see this film, but she said she was pretty nonchalant, didn't she? It's not a film that I would. It's not a film I would normally go and see, but because 
um, there's like a, a Chinese student that's over, and she was going on about she she was from China, but they must have Dalton Abbey out there. So so obviously I I thought I'd take her on one of those said, Yeah. So I mean, and from funny enough, I heard about it on the radio today, and it's like huge, isn't it? America, it's like top box office, I think. Yeah, I mean, no? come on, uh, Downton Abbey was huge. It was huge in America. I mean, it was so big that people were actually making appointments to go watch this film. Like, people would have Downton Abbey, Abbey tea parties where they would actually get together and they'll have, like, you know, the China all out and they'll be getting themselves all ready to watch Downton Abbey. Like, they were making appointments to have to watch this show on TV. <laughs> I mean, there's even a bit in Iron Man 3 where they joke yeah. about how big Downton Abbey yeah, yeah, was yeah. In, in America. Um, and I think it's also in places like, you know, America and in China places where they sort of like you know have this almost sort of fantasy idea like it's a fantasy world of what britain is like with all the butlers and all that kind of stuff yeah 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 it's like it's, it's like yeah nostalgical that's how it would have been you know we could have had these posh dudes and the people would have been really nice downstairs but um it's I, I'm I think sure, I'm it has to do something with with colonialism i think they actually have to do something colonialism, yeah but, um that this is not the enough of that enough about that, that yeah we don't want to talk on that one do we i mean <laughs> but enough about what it was that i think or don't think about that will you just tell us sean why is it that this film has ended up on an also ran pile well well, well i think probably because i mean i certainly want invested in it and and i know people uh, you know a lot of people are so i didn't know i went into this movie knowing none of the characters you know you know i had no idea uh, i had the basic premise of what it was about so really everybody knows what it's about so you know you know it's, it's just a, a posh family and a posh house and you know with with maids and butlers and things and um so i just thought most people would know what this is about and i think it's one of those films that if you like downton you know people are going to love it it's going to be obviously for but for me you know uh, it was it was okay but it wasn't really i didn't think it was should we put it this way it's an also round because i had no real opinion on it i was sort of thought well you know it was so it was okay it was okay but i can imagine it would appeal and i think that the chinese student really liked it so um so yeah so but i wasn't you know you know for me I can't really say much about it because I'm sure if you're that, you know, you, the acting was okay. Um, but it was like, I, there was a series used to be on the seventies called upstairs, downstairs. So, uh, yeah. Um, which was much along the same theme. So, yeah. So, so that's why it's an also ran. So, I mean, if I was, I would have given it a two and a half pretty average. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I wasn't that bad with it, but it just seemed like a TV show. If so, so probably, you know, it was TV show really, I think to attract the, silver pound as they call it and was it a bit like you know when they would do like one of those tv movies or tv specials of like only fools and horses where they would like you know go on a bus to brighton or something like or something like an episode of under buses or something like that well similar sort of thing yeah it's just something like the the, obviously the the royalties visiting so it's all like panic stations you know and and they bring their you know their own staff the the sort of royal staff turn up and then there's a bit of shenanigans which which i suppose is quite amusing but you know, I, I don't know. I just found it all a bit, a bit contrived. I think so. So that's 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 what that's why it's an all, that one's an also ran. I think. So sorry, folks, if you like Downton. <laughs> I've got this other film that I saw, which was I, I went to see it on a Monday night, and I mean I was intrigued by it. It was just called Wolf. I knew nothing about it, nothing at all about it. Um, and basically, it's a. 
Actually, Sean, could I stop you there? Because you told me about the premise of this, and I think it's actually really good. I think it deserves a little bit more than what we can give it here. Okay, okay, rounds. yeah. All right, then. All right, yeah, we'll save this one for next week then, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, because the way this thing is made and the way you talk about it and where it actually links and what the filmmakers have done, I think it's actually interesting. And there's some stuff we push into next week, and I think it'll be good for that. Wolf next week, that's what it is. We'll save that for when okay. Sharon's back in the room back next in the week. Room. Oh, good Lord, Sharon. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about saying Sharon. <laughs> Sharon isn't around this week. I know that because Superfan Nina, Superfan Nina has pulled me up on this. Oh, sometimes when we recorded a show when Sharon isn't around. So Sharon is a gardener. Sharon is a gardener, as you might have known if you listen to this show regularly. And she can't be around tonight because um, work has hit them. Like They had to call off all the work yesterday because of rain, and now they're going to do this. But she's been taking some really, really good shots of life as a gardener. And they're really, really good. Don't you think so, Sean? They, they are, yeah. It's, it's, it's some nice shots. Some nice shots. So, yes, uh, Sharon cannot be with us today because she is busy recovering from that. I think she's only just sort of managed to get home and go, oh, my God, I can't quite do this. I can't quite do this because she's doing that. But I think some of these shots that I'm going to be that uh, that she's been taking, I'm going to put these up on Twitter. I think I'm going to put them on our, on our Twitter page because they are really, 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 actually really nice shots that she does of butterflies and things like that and of a garden and all. But yes. On the also rans thing, I just wanted to say something because my wife, um, my wife is like, you know, she's like a pop culture black hole. It's like if you name something that you should have seen, she hasn't seen it. So this week we were going through Netflix and we chanced upon My Best Friend's Wedding, which is a quite good film. I mean, when it, as rom-coms go, it's one of the really, really, really good ones. And one of the things, I think I said this on our Twitter as well, one of the things that I find that is really, really cool is when you have... You watch an old film and you get to see a star be in this film before they come massive. And this actually happened in my best friend's wedding as we were watching it. Oh, right. Okay. And okay. We saw, uh, so in there, and for instance, you're watching it at the beginning when they're showing the names of people in the film. You're like, oh, Rachel Griffiths. She was in this film, Carrie Preston. Now, these are two people. They're mostly on TV, but I absolutely love them. And I'm like, what? They were in this film. I don't remember them. But if you remember my best friend's wedding at all, they pay, play Cameron Diaz's cousins who are from the South. Uh, one of them gets her tongue stuck to an ice sculpture of the day, but never mind. But the one that really got me is Paul Giamatti. Really? Giamatti's wow. What's that? Yeah. That is... There's a scene where oh, wow. um, uh, Julia Roberts has just sat down in a hotel lobby or hotel corridor, and she's just sat down there on a cigarette. And then this guy just walks by, and he just sort of asks her a cigarette, and it's Paul Giamatti. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, look at that. I bet you like there's some actor who's watching that going, well, everybody has to start from somewhere. Paul Giamatti was a bellop in a Jim Roberts film, and now look at him. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, there you go, yeah, because he, he's obviously gone from strength to strength. I mean, the guy is awesome. He's like your go-to character actor. But anyway, let's move on to the actual rounds. Enough of our also rounds. We're going to talk about the actual rounds of what we're going to be talking about. So the first film we're going to talk about is a film that I think you have seen and Sh uh, Sharon has seen as well. And this is a film that I haven't got to see because I'm not too sure whether I want to see it or not. But this is Rambo Last, Last Blood. Blood. <laughs> yeah, Rambo Last Blood. Yeah, we, we saw it together, funnily enough. We, um, and funnily enough, the Chinese one that I took to see Downton Abbey, because we got the meerkat codes as well, she came along to watch it too. So, so but I was like, I was a little bit concerned that, you know, she might be a bit thrown because I thought it would have been a 15, but it's an 18 certificate. 
So, yeah, because, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, it's going to be... An, so that doesn't surprise me that it's an 18 because it's Rambo. And I know that these things have just been getting more and more violent as the things have been going along. And Stallone seems to just want to keep pushing that envelope and pushing that thing out there. But, Sean, this is a Rambo movie. So, I think, like, you know, I already know what this storyline is going yeah. to be. Is it pretty much... Rambo's in a place, some people show up, some people decide, oh yeah, we're going to get him. He gets annoyed at them, and then Rambo goes around, he kills them all, then he walks up into the sunset, the end. Uh, pretty much, I guess. That's the standard standard trope for, for Rambo movies. Yeah. Um, a sim si Well, I think there tries to be. It's like he's he's starts off with him on his ranch, and he's got a niece that, that says, oh, shit, I want to look up my father you know down in mexico i want to go down to mexico and he's he's more or less said no um but of course she's a teenager isn't she so she goes <laughs> i mean i mean what you're going to do is a teenager right now if that had been me rambo but i mean that's part of the thing but if that had been me rambo i said yeah sure but i'm going to come with you <laughs> you know what i mean if that had been my niece or or daughter or whatever i'd have said well that's fine we can do that but i'm coming with you but of course he says no you're not going that one of very good Stallone for us, by the way. No, 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 impossible. It's horrible. Well, well, it's bad down there. It's bad down there. So, but she takes off anyway. She's got a mate down there who knows where her dad is. So she goes down there. She gets caught up in some nasty stuff. And he goes down there to sort it out. Um, it gets sort of hurt a little bit like he normally does. And then there's a, a saving angel, you know, that comes and patches him up. And then he goes... He go, decides to go down there and sort it out, sort it out, and some, some, something not very nice happens, which I think upset Sharon. And then he just decides he goes back down there, kills a few of them, and but he get, then he goes back to his ranch, this ranch that he's built tunnels and all sorts of stuff through. So yeah, basically it's just a a kill em fest, you know. So that's that's basically basically it. But done, you know, it's quite quite gory and quite graphic, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of blood and nasty things and traps you know he, he sets all them traps like you know you see with the big spikes on that flip up and you know pipes through heads and all sorts of all sorts of nasty things you know big explosions and yeah so it's a rambo film with like you know with a cherry on top i guess <laughs> if you like that sort of thing now this is interesting because i remember watching taken and i like Taken. i think it's a really really good film but i remember watching it and thinking that someone's just come up with an acceptable excuse for Liam Neeson to walk around Paris killing every single immigrant he finds and I've heard a little bit is this one a little bit like that but with Mexicans I've heard some people actually describe this film as a bit of a Trump fantasy <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I guess so so as we've said, Sharon couldn't be here tonight, but Sharon watched this film with you. She was actually in the cinema with yeah. you and she watched it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. she felt so strongly um, about this that she felt that she needed to write in a review. She had to write something in. Yeah, let's hear Sharon's review because I'd, like I'd like to hear this and then, then I can give mine, can't I? Mm. And yeah, so it says this. As it looks like I won't be able to make the podcast tomorrow, here's my review of Rambo Last Blood. In this film, we see John Rambo living a quiet life on a secluded ranch in Arizona. He spends his days in working with horses, his evenings on building a network of tunnels under the ranch. He has companionship with his housekeeper and her niece, who he sees as his own adopted daughter slash niece. Things take a turn when his niece goes, along, goes across the border to Mexico to track down her absentee father. Horrors ensue and Rambo for one last time takes up his bow, blade and arsenal to enact revenge. 
Sounds simple enough, but for me, the execution, if you'll excuse the turn of phrase, <laughs> left me feeling deeply uncomfortable. I couldn't see it as anything but exploitative and distasteful. In particular, the sexual exploitation and abuse of young girls and women being used as a device to provide the man an excuse to enact bloody and sadistic revenge. There was no attempt to seek justice for the out outrages committed, nor any attempt to stop it continuing, just the use of violence against largely faceless, dumb henchmen as some sort of vin vigilante tit-for-tat. I could go on, but I don't want to be too specific about certain scenes. A dissatisfying, distasteful film. I grudgingly give it one star. Oh my goodness me, wow. I, 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 I knew she didn't like it because her face, you know, I mean, I could just tell. That oh she, my she, God, Sharon she, went she, in. <laughs> yeah, no, she really didn't like this. I think. Grudgingly give it one star. A one star, wow. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, what about that? What about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is that's that's pretty damning. That's pretty damning, isn't it? That's pretty damning. That okay, is. okay, okay, um, okay, okay. But, but Sean, what yeah. did you think? Okay, this is what I think. Um, obviously, I like I like the action movies, don't I? So, I mean, I was I was I was more than happy with the with the action. I did have a you know my, like my issues um, like I do have with it. One was like that was totally unrealistic. Or why yeah, would you yeah, do yeah. that? Well, well, not so much make it. Yeah, but why would you do that? As I say, and the first one is why didn't you go down with your daughter or your niece in the first place? That really cheesed me off because you know what they should know what teenagers are like. You know, oh bye, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Bye. What are you going to do? You're going to go down there, right? So that so I thought, pfft, oh, pfft. and then I think he would have been. They'd uh, made sure that he was dead the first time. Do you know what I mean? You, I've got that thing, haven't I, where that you would you just do that double tap like in Zombieland, you know, make sure. You've got to make sure because if there's any chance of a survival, something's bad going to happen. But what I did like, and I know the, the bit that, that uh, Sharon probably didn't like, is the thing that happened. I mean, and it wasn't very nice what happened to his niece. It wasn't very nice at all. But I think for me... Obviously, that's the sort of thing that would have happened. So what I mean is, um, I don't really want to give away any spoilers, but that's the sort of thing that would have happened. You know, it wasn't like death. It wasn't like it wasn't like that stupid, pathetic Bruce Willis Death Wish film where everything's really nice at the end and oh, she come out of a coma, look, nothing happened to her, she's fine and all that. You know, so that that bit for me was pretty cool. Yeah, sorry, I hated Death Wish for people who liked that one. That was absolute awful film. Um, so that's the Bruce Willis one, by the way. The original one was good, but the Bruce Willis one totally fell on it we've got about one minute all right okay so i'm gonna give it i shall give it purely for the action side of it and the the gore uh, i'm gonna give it a three star i'll give it a three star all right so it wasn't bad i didn't i didn't hate it like sharon but i did have those issues with it so it's a three star for me it's a bit sad because i feel like out of all the 80s action heroes that are coming back and making like you know a comeback it seems to me like stallone is the one who just doesn't want the 80s to end he just wants to go back there he loved yeah 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 well, I, I, like that was the best time of his life. It was like, oh my god, it. I love well, that. Well, I mean, the credits, the credits at the end, the credits at the end um, were showing from the pre first films. You know, so there was like a little montage of, of of scenes from the the first three films. You know, all the other three films that are Rambo films. So yeah, I think it's tough. To like, and yet, I think you see Stallone. I think has got the makings of a good actor. I, I I liked him in some movies. Yeah, he's actually a really good actor. You know, he can. He is a good actor. I really liked him in a film called Copland. Did yeah, he Copland? was he was really good in Copland. Yeah. He held his own against De Niro. And there's a couple of other things. I can't put my 
finger on it, but he's quite a good little little actor. You know, he's got some he's got some talent. He's not just a meathead. Yeah, I think it's actually really interesting what the sort of eighties. Oh, sort of like muscle men have done ever since then. I mean, Arnie, since he's come back, he's made some really, really interesting decisions as to things that he's acting, ended up acting in. And if you look at Jean-Claude Van Damme, the guy is in pretty much a full-blown parody of what it is. But Stallone seems to be like, I'm 72 and I can still kick the ass of a 25-year-old. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it probably is a bit like that. It probably is a bit like that, I guess. But bless him. You know, it was, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't dislike it and I did quite enjoy some of the, 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 you know, blood and guts, because I think that's how it would be. You know, I know it's terrible, isn't it, really? People say, oh, can you watch that, you know, with people getting limbs severed and, you know. Well, if you're going to watch an action movie, that's kind of par for the course. You're going to expect a little bit of that. Yeah. I guess it's, but I think it was with Stallone, I think that he's made a specific point of making these things bloodier. I remember, I didn't watch the last Rambo movie, because beforehand he was talking about how, well, nowadays we have to compete with the Saw movies. And I was like, really? I don't think you have to compete with the Saw movies at all, but you just had this feeling that he he is invested in making them bloody. Yeah, but but I mean I mean for me, Toes, and as you know, it, this probably goes back to my my f- most favourite film ever with the Wild Bunch because that was a really bloody shootout, couple of couple of really bloody shootouts in that. So probably being in my young formative years, it probably you know that's why I because I, I I don't know for me it gives it a little bit of realism, you know what I mean, and the silly little. So silly little, because, I mean, they can do some serious damage, you know, some of these things, can't they? It's really about how it's shown or about how much of it you show. Like, I mean, you talk about Peck and Pan and the Wild Bunch. I mean, if you look at them, there's a way that that's shown as opposed to, like, the gore. I'm going to show you, like, a nice close-up of, like, you know, a severed limb or something like that. Good point, good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. I can see it is, is, yeah. I mean, Sharon's exactly right, I guess. When I'm thinking about it now and listening to her review, it probably is very... um, you know, it is, it is uh, exploitative, really. You know, let's have let's have the gore and the blood for, you know, for just for the blood and gore sake, rather than any particular, you know, reason. So yeah. And even there's a film we're going to be talking about later where I think it's really, really about the way it is shown, um, as opposed to what it's saying. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to change tact a little bit. Um, okay. I'm going to go change uh, to what we actually said we we're going to do. Okay, okay. And we're going to go to the film that you've watched. And you said that you watched this film called Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek, I and did, yeah. I think that this is going to be... This is a film that was released a couple of years ago. And it was an Australian movie. It made a yeah. bit of a splash. And it was kind of like, you know, a sort of Australian slasher horror movie or an Australian take on an American genre. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Slasher. Sla- well, uh, no. Actually, I suppose... Yeah, I mean, there's slashy bits in it, but I don't suppose you could call it a slash slasher movie because, you know, there's not like the the hidden menace. So this is actually the menace is the menace is there. You know, there's no no prowler picking off people. So yeah, um, Australian movie out in the outback. Some there's uh, three young people and they're they're visiting landmarks Australia. And there's this place called Wolf Creek, is like a meteorite crater, and they go out there, and the car doesn't the car, you know they breakdown like you know like like you would in a place like that you know what i mean oh no come on stuff. someone turns up says oh i can fix it for you blah 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 they say when else goes, do you want to give you a lift into town they get a bit funny with him and he's saying what you you know what you're trying to say and all that but obviously you probably know straight away this this guy there's something not right about this guy and then it goes into you know he sort of captures them and does some nasty things to them and um it's uh I mean, the film, it was, uh, I would say this film is strictly for horror, you know, fans that like, 
like 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 the Saw franchise, or like you know, like so. This is this is bloody and in another way, you know, it's like yeah, that fits with everything I've heard about this film, which is why I have not watched yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. That's quite you know you know. Whereas Rambo did it for uh, a lot. This is more like just purely for 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 torturing people, you know. So there's all these nasty ways of torturing people, and then saying oh you know and then being nice to them and then going back on it and so yeah so basically it's a it's a torture film so but i mean if you love those sort of movies if you're into your um you know whatever those type of films are your friday the 13th and and all those slashery type picks you would uh you'd really like it there's a lot of swearing in it as well so obviously the australian you know with the with the Australians, you can imagine Australians. They're not. They're not. They're not the most. They're not the most polite of people, are they? Yeah, I mean, come on, it's Australians. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's uh, is it racist if you say this, but I mean, having met a lot of Australians, it's fair to say that they do swear a lot. They do, yeah. And and there's there's a considerable amount of swearing in this movie. So, but yeah, um, I think it's quite uh, to me. It's it's quite well acted. I mean, you know, sometimes some of these films. And I'm, I'm sure I'll tell you. Oh yeah, I've just thought of something. I reckon that there's a film coming out, which you'll definitely see. I mean, I shall see it probably in a couple of weeks, and I'm really looking forward to that review because just from the trailers of it. Do you want to know what it is, or do you want me to save that? No, go ahead. Anyway, say what it is. Oh, right, Gemini Man. So, have oh, you seen the trailer yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. the trailer. It's just a trailer. Okay, but well, so, so that'd be good. Sorry, sorry, I digressed again, like I do. But anyway, back to this. Um, yeah, I'm in one of my fasty moods. You know? <laughs> Come on, Sean, that, that is your way. It is, yeah, thanks, thanks. So, yeah, uh, I guess you could say this is an Australian, you know, you've got some, I've seen some nice Australian films, Picnic at Hang Rock, The Last Wave. Um, I would say this is probably, what would you say, um, a slasher, ver- flash, slasher version of Picnic at Hanging Rock, maybe? So, you know, so, yeah, I mean, the, the scenery is, is quite foreboding, you know, it's quite remote, it's quite, uh, the scenery is quite good. So I guess the cinematography is pretty good. Um, and then you've got the slashy, tortury, blood, swearing. So, I mean, if you're into that sort of, that sounds like I'm a, like a real gore lover, don't I? I mean, I'm, at the moment, so... But I, but come on, Sean. One of the biggest things in life is to truly know yourself. I, I do, I do. That's I pride myself on that. Yeah, I like, I like, I like, I, I do like. Um, I, I wouldn't say gore, but I like you know, action movies and things to be action movies. Um, but yeah, this is. I see this is two thousand and five, isn't it? So it's quite old. I, I'm assuming it had a cinema release, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it, it did. did have a cinema release. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was one of these films that came out. I remember it made a massive splash when it came out, and it might just be the fact that, like you know, it's an Australian movie, as I said, an Australian take on an American genre, because you have this happen every now and then, where there might be a genre that has been done to death by the Americans, and then the Australians come and do something to it, and everybody goes, "Oh wow, look at this! It's new! It's amazing!" A bit like you know the Babadook. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the Babadook. I mean, when that came out, everybody raved about it, and it was a bit kind of like an american genre that the australians just put their take on it and once they put that take on it it kind of comes across as fresh and it makes it look like oh my word we've come up with something totally different so after all that how many stars would you give it um after everything probably a three again i give that another three to be consistent with that i give that a three yeah yeah nice nice cinematography um but nothing like you know it wasn't like 
Whoa, I wasn't like, um, yeah, it was okay. It was good. It was worth, you know, it was worth a watch. So it's worth a watch if you if you like that sort of thing. I would say, I would say it is particularly for fans of that genre. Do you know what I mean? So bear, bear in mind if you are going to watch it, there's some pretty nasty stuff that goes on. It's pretty bloody, a lot of violence, a uh, hell of a lot of swearing. So you know, it's that type of movie. So for me, it was okay. Three star. Okay, and now we come to the film that I was yep. talking about earlier when I was talking about a film that it's all about the way that it's filmed as opposed to what it is saying. I mean, like the way that this film is filmed makes a big thing. And that film is Hustlers. Yeah, I'm intrigued with this because this was one that I nearly watched, yeah. So this is a film that is based on an article that was written in New York magazine. And the article is called The Hustlers at Scores, Scores being a strip club. And this is a film that is all about a bunch of strippers, uh, strippers who worked in Manhattan and worked there. And a lot of their clientele were, so, you know, people from Manhattan Wall Street type guys. And these okay. are the kind of people who would come in and would regularly blow like $100,000 in one night. And... It focuses on these group of people, this group of strippers, and they have kind of like a peripheral group of people. And then the 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 sort of credit crunch happens when everything crashed in two thousand and eight, and a lot of people on Wall Street lost their jobs and all that. And usually, you know, when you talk about the credit crunch, you talk about these people up at that level, the people in Wall Street, what happened, how they made it happen, how they lost their jobs. But it talks about these women who were affected by this, sort of like almost as a ground level. So they decide that they've got to do something to like make money. And they decide that the way they're going to do this is they're going to go out there, they're going to go fishing for men, meet men in bars and all that. Then they drug them, they take them back to the strip club, and then they max out their credit cards. So, so that's what happens. They max out the credit cards, and what happens is that the people they it's not until they actually get yeah, back yeah, yeah. home until they get back and like you know a month later they check their they check their statements and they realize what what's up with all this money and that's when they that's when they actually realize that something's happened to them. Uh, how how do they get to know? Do they get him to put in his number first or something or what? No, no. Usually by the time they actually get there, the guy's already drugged. Oh, right, okay. What? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Cool. And. The film, it's, I mean, I've been talking a lot about how I like the way that this film is filmed. And I remember watching this film, when I started it, I was like, knowing the stories. And by the way, if you, I would recommend to watch the film before you read the article that it's based on. Because I did it the other way around and I'm kind of like regretting that I did it that way. It was hard to just take the film on its merits because I'd already read the article and didn't quite know, well, I kind of knew what was coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, yeah. Story-wise, it's your basic crime story. So, you know, you start off with a crime, get into it. It goes really, really happy for a while. Then it goes down a bit like your Goodfellas or Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, what, was, what was the movie with the students that robbed the art thing? I always forget that one. That's a good one. Uh, they... American Animals. American Animals. That's it. American Animals. That's, a, that's yeah. Yeah. Now, this is a film that I'm actually really, really happy was directed by a woman because I think if this was directed by a man, it would have gone, it would have gone bad. I mean, it would still have been a good film, but it would probably just have gone exploitative because let's be honest, strippers have not been well served in cinema history. I mean, strippers are essentially, they're usually the background to like, you know, a police officer who is trying to find a lead on his case. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a that's a place where they all go. That's where they get their info. 
because the opening scene of this film, knowing the storyline of it, I, I expected that it's going to start one of two ways. You're going to start off in a domestic situation that leads this woman into crime, or you're going to start off like you know in the middle of a strip club, and it's all going to be about the the decadence, you know, the decadence of the whole strip club thing, and you're going to have like you know an image probably of a naked silhouette of a woman with dollar bills raining all around her, just trying to show you how seedy this thing is and how. How like you know it's essentially about the men using the women and how um, all that you're having is all about what the what the men can get from this whole thing, and the way it starts it starts in a very very interesting way because it manages to sort of combine those two things. So it starts off with Constance Wu, who plays a character called Destiny, who is like new to this whole thing, and it's all about her. You 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 start with her just looking in the mirror backstage, and there's all these strippers getting ready, and they're all getting ready to go out of stage. They have this tracking shot that follows them as they go out and as they go from the backstage out on there and what you realize is that this thing, you, it's, it's, it's a job. It's something that these women have to do that for one reason or another, they come to the point where they have been like, this is what I need to do to actually get by. This is what I need to do to actually make money. And it's, it's just shot in such a way. And when I talk about you know, the fact that it's directed by a woman, it's like the things that she's worried about, the things that she's focused on, are different. I mean, the the fact is like you know, if it was if it was shot by a man, I find it hard to not to believe that you just have been focusing and it would have been like you know, just sort of leery that the camera would have been inviting you to just sort of leer at this woman and be like, oh yes, ah. You can almost imagine sitting there watching them, people sort of like rubbing their rubbing their thighs and going, oh yeah, oh yeah, woman. And this this film just really, really isn't that. And also, I mean, and. Then when you actually finally do get to the stripping, when you actually get to the stripping, it's I love the way this thing is shot because J Lo she plays Ramona and Ramona and the film ends up being really about the relationship between Destiny and Ramona. It's all about the these women and how they actually go about doing this thing and building what in them is a business. But when you first see Jennifer Lopez, she's actually coming in and she's doing a a, a, a dance number, a striptease number, and. This is one of the great character inter introductions in cinema history. I mean, honestly, I'll oh, wow. tell you that the, the woman is, and they do something that's very, you know how it is in, um, in John Wick movies, that they shoot in such a way to make you really, really aware that that is Keanu Reeves doing this. That is not a body double. That is not a stuntman. That is Keanu Reeves punching these people. That's Keanu Reeves pulling off all these stunts. And I think that they do something very similar with Jennifer Lopez in that scene so that you are left with no, <laughs> absolutely no doubt that that is Jennifer Lopez doing that. That is Jennifer Lopez working that pole. That is Jennifer Lopez doing it. And the way it's done is such a way, it's filmed in such a way that it shows you that she yeah, is yeah, yeah. in control. I actually think that this whole scene, that whole sequence where she's introduced, where Ramona is introduced, it's going to be studied. I think it's going to be studied as to how do you get something yeah. across. So you go from even films that are made about like, you know, strippers and all that. Like I think the infamous one is Striptease with Demi Moore. Like even when you see the Striptease thing, it's still about what the man wants. But in this one, this whole thing, that whole scene that when she's first introduced, it's about what she wants. And you can see that every single thing that those men do, she controls it. She is the one who does, okay, I'm going to do this now. And then you're going to go crazy like a bunch of, and you're going to throw money at me and all that kind of crazy stuff. There is a bit in the original article where they say that this woman has the waist to hip ratio that has been known to affect some men like a drug. And this scene is like a potted 
example of what that line was saying. I think it's so impressive. Have you got a secret crush, Toes? What? 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 Have you got a little secret crush on J-Lo? Oh, I think it's yeah. it's fair to say that most of the world has a secret crush on J-Lo. That's no secret. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what she's more of, though. She is like my inspiration now because everybody keeps mentioning, everybody keeps talking about the fact that she's 50 at the moment. And I'm looking and going, oh my God, if she can do that at 50, I need to look after myself. I have no excuse by the time I get to 50. I still need to be able to oh, do right. stuff because what she does in that scene is just really, really, really impressive. And the fact that, but what gets me is the fact that you see that she's in control and this is just totally from the woman's perspective. How she's like, okay, almost like oh. this is a transaction and this is how... I'm going, I'm going to make you do certain things now. And it kind of goes in the later, later in the film. It's almost sort of like, I guess it's the potted bit of the film in, in, in microcosm because later on, it's all about what these women are going to, these men are going to walk around thinking that they're getting stuff from the women, but it's about what the women are going to take from them. Oh, wow. And it's great to see how good Jennifer Lopez is because I've loved her ever since Out of Sight, but she hasn't always got the best roles. And I know people have been talking about her about getting an Oscar, but I think it's a really good performance, but probably not that good to get an Oscar, but it's a really good performance. So how many stars then? How many stars? Oh, four stars. Four stars. Easy. All right. Okay. Full. That sounds a bit like that sounds a bit like that film P I spoke about the other week. To me, that sort of thing. P, you remember I spoke about that that toy film P. That, that sounds sounds a bit like that because the you know like the women are in charge, and although it's like a sleazy place, the women are, con- are controlling events. You know, so yeah. All right, okay. So, well, yeah. It's as I said, it's a really really interesting film. It's really it's the storyline is quite straightforward, and I think it's really about the way it's shot. As I said, I'm so so happy that this was directed by a woman it could have gone really really bad and i hope i think it's a kind of film that with any hope in 10 years time people won't people won't necessarily see it as special because this the so the storyline is quite straightforward it's quite for straightforward it's just about the way that it's the way it's filmed now and i think the way it's filmed is just so different from what we've seen before which is why there's a lot of buzz about this film but i'm hopeful that in a few in a while the way women see things or the way this actually comes across from a woman's point of view is not something that will be making headlines i think it will just be normal but anyway that's enough for that okay need to cool. move on. that's enough on that one and now, Up Against Hustlers in round two of Netflix Cinema this week is a show that you started watching last week. You were talking about it last week, Sean. You were saying you'd been watching this show and you didn't see why everybody was making such a rave about it because you were not particularly that enamored with Peaky Blinder season one. And you said that you might not even make it all the way to, but from what it says, it sounds like you actually made it to the end of the I season. I did finish watching season one and I'm in part to season, season, season um, two. So... Not that I. So I, so I, it looks yeah, like you ended up actually liking. Did it improve? Uh, um, mm, I mean, they're okay, but I think I think what can I say that to me it, it, the story sort of repeats itself. Um, you know, so the situations that are there. Oh, we're going to do this. Oh, that's a dangerous situation. You might get killed. Oh, that's resolved. Oh, well, let's do this. Oh, you're going to walk into a situation where you might get killed. Oh, no, you don't get killed. Let's walk into this. Oh, we've got a situation. You might get killed. No. So, I mean, it's okay. And, and the acting's, the acting's uh, you know, okay. But um, I must admit that we've spoken before about Cillian Murphy. I'm not a major fan of his. Um, but I quite like him in this. I think this is probably one of his better roles. He, he does give me an air of, like, confident, fearlessness, confidence. Um, I guess everybody knows the story. It's sort of after the sec- these guys have come back from the 
from the First World War, obviously totally, totally different people. So, you know, because of the things they've experienced and you, you've got some people that are really traumatised. Um, so I think most people have liked it and most people really, really like it. And I like some of the episodes and I like the acting. Um, but I found it, for me, I found it a little bit repetitive. Found it a bit like a soap opera, you know. Um, so, so you're saying uh, that uh, each season was repetitive, or was this all within one season? In one season, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's. Well, well, it's just. It's just that. Um, well, when I say repetitive, I mean it's just the situations. You know, he puts himself in peril, and then you know you think, all oh, right, okay, or. There are times when he puts himself in peril and, and something happens. This, uh, I don't know, you call it luck or just people or just because he's fearlessness. I, d I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's bad, Toes. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, I think it's a little bit samey, should we say. You know, it's a little bit samey. So, so for, well, that's what it was for me. So each, each episode I watched it, they were different and there was some interesting stuff. But also, there's a couple of episodes which I think were predictable as well. So... Or, or from me but I mean I know it's loved I know it's highly highly prized and highly highly loved in, in major circles yeah it's one of the big prizes for the BBC even in America have you seen it have you s no 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 but the thing is massive I mean I live in the Midlands near Birmingham and even last weekend they had this massive Peaky Blinders festivals yeah well all over the world people are actually really watching this thing yeah well it's huge I mean I mean, I was listening, funny enough, the, the, the writers, the writer, I was listening to, I think it was The the World at One or something, it was, it was, it might have been this morning, it was on Radio 4 and they were talking because this this guy, the, the writer that wrote this, he's he's just been given a, a contract with Apple Pay or, Apple, you know, they're going to be Apple movies or whatever. And he's, he's, written, he's written a whole new story about sort of the year, like 500 and something years in the future where everybody's gone blind and... Anyway, but that's so that's what he's written on. But he said it's purely on um, this has put Birmingham. This series has put Birmingham on the map in in you know like a like a America because in the USA you know they knew London, they knew Liverpool, probably Manchester, but now Birmingham, like the second biggest city, the bit, second biggest city in um, in in England, has been put on the map by this this episode. And they do, and they said it's it's because it's really popular. I think in America and probably other places as well. I'm sure it must be because they're making another series. I didn't realise originally it was BBC. Originally, and then so uh, obviously the, the later episodes, I expect they're going to probably get more money poured into them. So, so I, I don't know whether. Yeah, but it's a bit like you know Black Mirror. We just finished doing a Black Mirror special. I mean, we've just finished recording that. We did. Yeah, and you can see with that as the seasons went on and Netflix came on board, you can see that they got more money because the stars started getting bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And I think yeah. the same thing happens with Peaky Blanders. Like I think the first one is BBC. Then when it gets bigger and the BBC America get involved and they probably get another thing coming in. And then you start seeing the stars getting bigger. Like they have, yeah. they have Tom Hardy who shows up at some point. I know he shows up in season two. And, and even in later ones, they have a bit where the Americans come to Birmingham, which I always thought was like a funny, funny idea. And you have Adrian Brody who uh -huh. shows up. Yeah. And it's so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, perhaps it's a bit like that. It's you know, it's a similar similar type of thing, situation. 
their peril and then so I yeah so how many stars so, would you give the first season of Peaky Blinders three stars three stars three three stars yeah because it's okay you know what I mean it's, it's watchable it's not unwatchable but it's not like oh wow it's not one of my oh wow ones you know it's just yeah it's alright it's okay it's okay but it's very similar and I mean I started watching I thought I'd better finish watching so I'd have something to review but I probably um, but I'm I'm probably I'm probably not going to carry on with much more or I probably will but I won't do it like in a binge watch if you know what I mean so I might watch the, I might watch the odd episode there and then but I'm not going to I'm not going to go out of my way to like you know like some there's some things like when they're on TV like Game of Thrones or whatever oh 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 can't wait for the next one can't wait for the next one this not really doesn't do it you know possibly possibly yeah yeah we'll see We'll see. So, yeah, three stars. All right, cool. So, thanks for that. And so, now we're going to carry on to and- uh, th- uh, third round. And this is us going back into the film world. And we're going to be watching a film that is... Oh, and this is a film that you saw. And it is based on a graphic novel. And anybody who listens to this podcast to know for a while that me, I love me some graphic <laughs> novels. And this is a film that has a little bit of similarities to the other film we spoke about, Hustlers. I so think it's all so, about yeah. Women trying to make their way in a man's world. And I think it has a lot of similarities to a film that was released last year, or a film I actually really quite loved. Um, and that was Widows. I, I never managed to catch Widows. I mean, I wanted to, but it was just like I never managed to, to make it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I know the story because it, well, Widows was a TV program in the 70s, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was right, the Linda LaPlante TV program. So, yeah, that was remade by, it was, or was moved to America, directed by a British guy, Steve McQueen. <clears throat> but this film we're talking about is The Kitchen. And this stars, uh, so it's about three women whose husbands are in the Irish mob and then their husbands end up in jail. So they actually end up having to take their husbands' places. Yeah. And it stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, yeah. First things first, kick-ass cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cast, yeah. So, so tell yeah. me about it, Sean. Okay. So, yeah, it's basically uh, three rifes. They come together. But you're exactly right. Similar to Widows. You know, they're mobster husbands. They go to jail. But they, for, and so they decide they're going to take over Hell's Kitchen, which is a uh, an area of New York. So, yeah, and, and they do do this. And, you know, they they sort of, they've got, let's say, so it's like a protection racket, but they got a more caring role and they actually, they, they do stuff. So they become a little bit more respected, shall we say. But then they have a, they, 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 they have a bit of a falling out and there's some odd things here and there that go wrong. But basically, that's what it is. Um, uh, yeah, these women, they take over an area and then their husbands are going to get out of prison early. Are they going to be happy? Are they not, you know? Uh, oh, Tom Hardy's in this. Is he? Which is which is quite funny. Tom Hardy. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Hardy's in this, which is um, where they have to go and have a conference with... Um, he plays a, um, a Jewish, like, mafia guy. You've got, like, the, the, the Jewish mafia there and he's, like, the top man. They, they, so... I mean, I really like that scene. And funnily enough, I think, going back to Peaky Blinders, it looks like he's in... in um, perhaps I'm getting confused. Perhaps I'm getting confused. No, they do go and see it, but it might not be. They do go and see the Jewish Mafia, but that might not be Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy might be the guy in the second episode of Peaky Blinders. So, yeah. Yeah, because I know Tom Hardy is definitely in Peaky Blinders season two. Yeah, so this isn't... That, and yeah. I would be really surprised if they had Tom Hardy in this film. They would have made a big deal about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not Tom. I'm, I'm getting confused. I'm getting confused because I, I think that in in the second series of Tom Hardy looks really, really well. He's great and everything. But yeah, no, it's not Tom Hardy. But it is a Jewish. 
it is a Jewish uh, mafia guy, and like the and they're saying because they want to uh, sort of move into the Brooklyn area or wherever you know, so or Manhattan area or wherever the the Jewish. So there's a scene there. Yeah, oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I got that confused. So I'm I'm right on that bit. Um, so yeah, it's just funny because we spoke about. It. Anyway, uh, yeah, where was I? So yeah, so let's let's go to the actress. Like you say, it's, it's a great cast, really, really great cast. I mean, um, and I know. I, you see, I'll tell you what, Toes, I really like Melissa McCarthy, you know? I think she can act. I think she can act. Well, yeah, Melissa McCarthy's awesome. I, I, I've liked her in a lot. And I remember I've, I've caught her with some other things, and I think there's a, a film where she like works in a restaurant or something. It's just a name. It's a, it's a name. I can't remember what, what it is. But um, it's, yeah, and, and also the other actresses. What were they? Who were the other actresses? Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Elizabeth Moss, I think. Well, all three of them are good, really. To be fair, the, the I mean, the 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 men in the film are pretty much your mob standard. Uh, well, I can't because that'll be being racist and stereotypical. But yeah, you know, the your typical typical sort of um, mobsters. You know, what I mean, you mean you've seen these characters before? Yeah, you've seen the characters. You you you've seen yeah, them yeah, in many yeah. a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's going to happen, you know. So, so yeah, so um, yeah. The actings, the actings, I must say, is is really good. I, I wouldn't say this is yeah, yeah, but, yeah, sorry, yeah but yeah. I mean, a lot of the things I've heard about this film, they talk about the fact that it's got a great premise, it's got a great cast, but it ends up being a bit slow. That's wasted. It's a bit slow. Um, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't really say it was slow. I, I, I was. It's a. It sort of. Towards the end, it, you know, it's like it sort of started to be, yeah. But I wouldn't say it was incredibly slow. It was, you know, I didn't, I didn't find it boring, or I wasn't like crossing my legs and thinking, oh, come on, well, not World War Z. Um, so no, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. Uh, I didn't really think it was slow. You know, it was, it was, um, it was okay. And the acting, yeah, I really liked the acting. But the the end, the at the end, it sort of uh, let itself down a little bit. That's. You know, that's my that's my personal opinion on it. I think, really. Well, well but, that's like your pet hate. Does does it go a bit Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of well. No, it's just how how things pan out. You know, it's just how things pan out. And uh, uh, you know, I was trying to, uh, that's the film. I've, I, I am cheating. I'm having a look now on the thing. I'm I'm looking at. Um, and it was a film called Tammy. It was a film called Tammy, which was really really good. And uh, so I remember that. So that was that. She was she was good in that. And she's been good. At, she's been good in a few things, to be fair. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, but I know I that you and Sharon again. loved. And can you ever forgive me? Can you ever forgive me? Oh yeah, that was a recent one, wasn't it? That was. I like that one too. I like that's the one with the. Yeah, that's the one that she got Oscar nominated and everything. For. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Good. So, how many stars would you give the kitchen? Three stars. I give it three stars. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was alright. It's not. You know, it's not like. It's not like anything new. Again, it's not like anything out of the ordinary. It's pretty much uh, widows. The one you saw, hustlers and. You know, all those Oceans 12 or whatever it's called, or the 7 or whatever it was. So, yeah, it was these women. Um, and it was good. Yeah, so three stars. It's funny that you should say that because while I was watching Hustlers, I was actually thinking like, oh, this is like Oceans 8, but at a low level, ground level CD kind yeah, of yeah, version. Yeah. But, but then again, Hustlers <laughs> oh, cool. is a much better film than Oceans 8. Right. I just need to say that. It's a much better film. 
But anyway, now we move on to our final thing today, and we go back to Netflix for this. Now, Tiffany Haddish, who we just spoke about in the kitchen, she has become a big star over the last couple of years. She's like the breakout star. She's, she's. I think she's been on the circuit for a long time. I think she's even done stand-up, which I didn't really realize about. And she's sort of broken out, and, be, and it was mainly through a film called Girls Trip. A couple of years back, she was like the big breakout star of that. Like, Sean, did you actually get to see Girls Trip? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to see it. No, I think you quite enjoyed that one, didn't you? Yeah, it was actually a really, really good film because uh, I mean, it was quite funny and all that. You know, sometimes you have a comedy where that tries to have friends in it, and you're supposed to believe that they've been friends for twenty years or something like that, and it doesn't quite work. But in Girl Strip, it did work, and Tiffany Haddish was by far the breakout of all the characters in that. She was by far the breakout. I know people were talking about Oscars and all that kind of stuff, but since then, her career has kind of taken off, and she has become this big big star and she has done a tv series on netflix called they ready and this is essentially her trying to give back so it's all about her going back and saying the people who i met on my way up i'm going to remember them these are people who i feel have not been given their due for her it's mostly women in this show so the whole idea of this show is that it's like six stand-up specials and each one of these women is given uh is given 30 minutes to show what they can do in stand-up. They're given 30 minutes to show how great they are, how funny they can be, and all that. And it's a wide variety of women that she brings in there. I know, like, let's see, there's, there's a black woman, there's a Hispanic woman, there's a white woman, there is a gay black woman, and there's a trans woman who actually shows up on the show. And a lot of them, I, I think it's actually, a lot of them are actually quite funny. Oh, that, that sounds a little bit sort of like um, condescending. But what I mean is that sometimes I will find this a lot with Netflix, especially when you sort of put on like, you know, a comedy, a comedy stand up thing and you put it on and you're not really sure what you're going to get. You're like, OK, yeah, everybody raves about this person, but I'm not so sure that they're that funny. I'm really, really not sure they're funny. But on this one, I think uh, they are actually quite funny. They oh. I think there was like Tracy, there was a lady, I can't remember her last name, but firstly it was Tracy. The, the Hispanic lady is called Aida Margarita Rodriguez and she talks a lot about, about her, her crazy upbringing and how that sort of like influences her life. And it's it's just funny to see like, you know, or, or it's to see a good wide variety of women comics because apparently that's actually a thing. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but apparently it's a thing that they mentioned that you can be on the circuit and you see maybe one woman at a comedy club every four months, which I guess is a little bit of a, it's a bit of a problem and it's something that Tiffany Haddish is trying to sort of readdress in this season, in this series called Day Ready. I don't think I've actually said the note, the title of it so far. Ah, right. Is it, is it, is it like blued or, uh, blue or rude? Oh, it's blued. That's a nice <laughs> new word. Was it blued? Was it, um, yeah, was it, was it like, yeah, I mean, some of them are, some of them, some more than others. I mean, every one of them, it's, it's just stand-up. I mean, they swear and everything like that. But there's one particular person, there's there's one particular, there's a character, yeah, the trans woman. I think her name is Flame Monroe. And I have to be honest, I found some of the things she just said insulting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much rude. I just I just thought it was straight up insulting. Someone thinks that she says about Hillary Clinton, and I think she says some stuff about Melania Trump which I personally just I just thought ooh you you're only getting away with that because you're a trans woman yeah <laughs> because it's kind of like you know sure and there's some things I can get away with saying 
I'm I'm with you. Yeah, that that <laughs> that you wouldn't be able to get away with saying. I mean, you could say exactly the same stuff that I said, but because I'm black, I would get away with it, and you wouldn't. And I think it's a bit like this. There's some stuff where I think you've gone past the point of being funny. You're just now being insulting. But <laughs> but because you've been part of like an oppressed people group, people are letting it slide for a while. <laughs> so she. So let me just get this right, Toes, if I can. Um, are, are you saying that she she's she's the stand-up, but she plays different characters? Oh, no, no, no. Or, no. It's, or are they actually different, different characters? It's oh, all right. different women. It's like there's six different women who come out and do a stand-up special uh, for, oh, okay. for 30 minutes to show what they do. And the funny thing about it is that each one of them, so like it keeps coming because you have this interludes where you see all the women get together for a spa day and they meet up with Tiffany Haddish and it happens more than once where somebody says like you know in this business people always say I'm going to come back and get you I'm going to come back and get you and they never do because they hear a whole bunch of rubbish and they say but Tiffany did Tiffany actually when she made it and she came back and she got us so you can see that it means a lot to this woman to come out there and as it says they ready it's about them showing yeah we won this platform we're ready to take this platform and we're ready to show that we belong on this platform and that there's no reason why you should sort of like you know ignore us which is so i i really liked it i thought most i think they were all funny as i said one person i thought was more insulting than funny but i honestly think because of who she is she gets away with it but anyway at the end of the day i thought i enjoyed it mostly and i would give this entire season a four out of five Right, okay, okay, cool. Four out of five. Yeah, yeah, quite enjoyed it. As I said, I would recommend it. Put it on, enjoy life, but watch out for Flame Monroe. <laughs> right. So, right, all that's left to do is to say who has won this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it was actually really tight. After the first two rounds, it was a dead heat. We had a dead heat average score. So it came down to the third round. Wow. <laughs> it came down to the third round. And in the third round, that's where we actually got to see who won this week. And it was a close run thing. But by no point, three of a point. Wow. The winner is Netflix. It's got to be Netflix, yeah. That's got to be Sharon. That's got to be... That's, do you know, I am pretty certain that that's the only one Sharon has given. Oh, you mean... to For Rambo. I, th- I don't think she's ever. I don't. Oh, oh! You mean that she's ever given one star to? That's one. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of another one. Can you think of another one? I... She's normally really, really generous. She must have. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I think there was a Bless film. Her. There but... was a film called After that she hated. We did that when you were away. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, she okay. really, really hated that. I'm just having to look through uh, things and see see which one she gave that one to <laughs> yeah i mean i mean she savaged that film she 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 was like uh she was really really not impressed <laughs> with that film after oh good lord now where is it where is it uh, it was all right Netflix okay film. cool yeah I remember that. Uh, she gave it a two she gave it a two. i was gonna say i was gonna say yeah yeah oh but i goodness. think i think rambo takes the biscuit rambo's it was she just had to be harsh on yeah. that one it was just harsh harsh bless her did not like that so anyway thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next week where we will definitely be talking about um at astra mm-hmm. and wolf and wolf yes we'll be talking about that and i will be talking about 
Fleabag. Oh, of course you did. Actually, yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to the cinema to see the National Theatre live thing. I want to talk about that next week because I want to talk about when Sharon's around and we can compare National Theatre things. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, see how those two things, cinema and theatre, are getting together to save themselves in the face of Netflix. But yeah, all that's left to say is goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from Sharon. We will never forget her. Yeah, goodbye from Sharon. (laughs) All right, thank you so much, guys. See you next week.